0: The Lifted Life Podcast. We created this show to help you live a lifted life.
1: Hello and welcome to episode 133. Today we're going to talk about what's right for you.
0: And doing what's right for you. What's right for you, Tim, on this lovely Sunday night?
1: Are you asking what's right for me today or in general what's right for me? <laughs> i put you on the spot you're like i know
0: (laughs) that doesn't mean you have to say so that's the trick is
1: you ask a question back so you can think about what is right for me (laughs) what's right for me like ultimately is feeling this um sovereign feeling of i'm being the most authentic me and i'm doing what makes me feel good without the influence of for others
0: what makes me feel good is a moment-by-moment awareness of following and allowing what lights me up. So that's mm-hmm. what's right for me. Did you hear those birds?
1: Yeah, I can hear them. I thought it was a rhetorical question.
0: It was. I was, oh, there they are again. Windows are open. It's a cool spring night. We just got back from a wedding weekend.
1: Mm-hmm. Congratulations to my brother and my new sister-in-law. Way to go. You did it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We were pretty excited to dance um, for the How Long You Been Married Challenge. We danced a long time because we've been married. We're coming up on our big anniversary, Mm -hmm. 15 years married. And I always like to say "But 20 years together Mm -hmm. because we were pretty serious business even before we got married right
1: yeah <laughs> believe it or not like the first like conversation we had was outside of a party this has nothing to do with the subject anyways we're we just w-
0: getting in the, we're getting in the flow here getting there in the mood to talk
1: a young tim and the young sylvia that were outside outside <laughs> <philosophy>, Philosophizing. <laughs> philosophizing that <laughs> <laughs> a falafel about the purpose of life and the meaning of life and do we know it? No.
0: Do we know it now? Um, maybe more so. Maybe more so for sure. Anyway, so we're driving back from this wedding. Tim's got the show idea
1: for the mm-hmm. week.
0: He says, "How about we talk about doing what's right for you?" Mm-hmm. I said, "Tim, that's a dumb idea." No, that's not <laughs> what I said. What else? I said, Tim. Can you talk about that for 20 minutes? (laughs) (laughs) I said, here's my show idea. I said, I want to loop back around. I know we talk about it a lot, but we cannot overemphasize the importance of the story we're telling. Because all day, every day, Mm -hmm. our minds are meaning-making machines, and we are just telling story after story. There's this kind of dark meme that's like, uh, how did I land on this rock just to pay bills and die? Mm-hmm. Sometimes I think about it more as land on this rock and just tell a bunch of stories because mm-hmm. we are te- meaning making machines, telling stories. And I said the closest thing to a show idea I had was talking about an experience I had recently in regards to my passion projects mm-hmm. and project not, not plural. There's this one specific one I've talked about on the show multiple times. I've never really announced it because I've continued to teeter between, is this a personal project, simply a feeling generator? Go back and listen to that show if you haven't already, because feeling generators are amazing. And I was totally fine with this passion project, simply being a feeling generator, or was it going to be my next business? Now, if you've been listening to the show for a while, you know that I do love a new business. Mm-hmm. I do love a good new business. You love change. I do love change. Things. Yes, I do. And the idea of starting a new business just brings this new wave of energy. And well, now I got to go back a wee bit. My very first business was making jewelry, but it was very much handmade, hand beaded, hand stamped, very handmade. Very labor intensive. Yes, and also the aesthetic was and the price point was a handmade sterling silver, nice, but not fine jewelry. Mm -hmm. But I've always loved fine jewelry. And then this really cool thing has happened as we've grown this business. And I've seen the success uh, happen right before our eyes with this business of like the kind of jewelry I actually like is fine jewelry. Mm -hmm. Very fine and kind of almost granting myself permission to then pursue that if that's what i am truly lit up by but you see i think a lot of times in life we settle like well yeah but that's expensive or that's fancy and i'm not fancy enough but that's a story
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and i have found that that story that i'm telling about maybe my next business will be this fine jewelry business is sometimes really exciting. And then sometimes I tell a story that makes me lose my steam. And the story I'll tell is that there's already a lot of jewelry designers out there. There's a lot of really good designers uh, with really big budgets and really amazing access to other designers. So one thing I decided right away was that I did not want to be on a computer even longer. So learning how to 3D draw a piece of jewelry was of no interest to me. But something I've learned from Lifted is that you do not actually have to do it all. In fact, you should not do it all. And you can... It's actually a bad idea to do it all. Yeah. And so I realized right away there, okay, that fixes that part of that problem and I can just hire it out. But anyway, what I'm trying to say is different parts of my day I have different stories to tell or different parts of the weekly flow of my life is... This is so fun. It's so exciting. It's so beautiful. It's so frivolous in a good way. Um, it's so fun. It's stylish. It's beautiful. I love this passion project, which may be just for me and maybe mm-hmm. for others, which would be a business. I love it. It's so exciting and fun. And then I'll tell another story. There's so many designers already. They're so good. Could I even be that good? I'm not actually a very good artist. I'm a very good creative. A very good visionary. However, truly drawing art does not come naturally to me, but I could work on it. And so as I presented this show idea to you and I said, okay, I could talk about the power of storytelling because Mm -hmm. within one 20 minute stretch, I can practice one story that just will pop into my mind because I've been scrolling on beautiful designers on Instagram. And suddenly I'm like, ah, it's too much. It's too much. Mm -hmm. I can't compete. I can't stand out in this saturated market, right? That's the story, these are not facts. Then I'll go to another story. This is fun, this is for me, this feels good. This is where I'm supposed to be. I know that because it feels good. And suddenly I'm vibing up, using the momentum of one thought after another, and I am telling a totally different story. And so we decided we would wrap these together and make one big show of it
1: do you feel like you can embody that or do you feel like you believe that that um like like what makes that right for you that your your jewelry business or your jewelry idea or your
0: it's like when i stay in my own lane of what Mm -hmm. do i want and what feels good and what's fun and how could i connect with others i would love to connect with them over this next idea
1: Mm Mm-hmm. And it feels right. And like all the stories that you were telling are pretty much irrelevant because you're not doing it for those things. Right. You're not trying to displace another jeweler. You're not trying to copy anybody. You're not trying to do those things. You're doing it because it feels good.
0: Right. And when I stay in that lane of what do I want, but so often we'll start to spill over into what other people think or what is the perception or... What is the value that I can bring that's different? Mm -hmm. Um, But that still is an outside-in kind of model. Like, what can I, can I really do it that much better? Mm -hmm. So the really fun part about this whole story is that um, over the last couple months, I've been working with a designer. One of my sketches was made into a CAD, Mm -hmm. CAD design, Mm -hmm. D is design.
1: Computer aided drawing is what CAD stands for. So I had it. They they drew it. They drew a 3D model of your ring yes. and they were able to make a mold from that.
0: Well, that's you're jumping ahead. Oh, sorry. First things first, alert. I just hired a designer and I made it into this cool 3D looking thing. Then I had it 3D printed as plastic and okay. sent to me. Then I made a couple tweaks and had it 3D printed in plastic and then cast into sterling. And then I had it sent to me and now I'm actually working on my next evolution of changes. I'm telling you all this, too, because I had no idea how to do any of that. I just knew that a lot of jewelry designers call themselves a jewelry designer, Mm -hmm. but don't actually make anything. Now, I've gone down several rabbit holes of you can have it hand-fabricated, and that's becoming a very lost art, whereas the um, cast method is becoming more and more popular. And for a while, I was like, no, I've studied it, and I can see that only the hand-fabricated jewelry is valuable that was a story that i was presented and i believed it and then i talked to another jewelry designer and i said well actually hand fabricated requires a solder um, or several solder seams which makes the piece less strong so it's not actually entirely true that a hand fabricated piece is stronger mm-hmm. than a cast piece it's more uh, there's so many different factors mm-hmm. but for one moment i believed the story that this one's clearly better and everybody knows it mm-hmm. And my whole world changed just from that one story. And then I started to realize, okay, there are usually two stories or more. And um, anyway, this week was cool because the ring in sterling silver showed up on my doorstep. And I've been wearing this ring that was just an idea, a thought. And, um, and it's really cool because I've been able to kind of experience the piece. What would I like different about it? What, what needs to be thicker, thinner, bigger, bolder? And, um, it's very much this cool feeling of this was just a thought and now it's a thing, specifically a thing that's a ring and rings have always been my favorite. When I was a kid, I would make rings out of dandelion stems, rope. I would twist it up into a ring. I would get through going to the dentist because, Afterwards, you got a chintzy piece of junk, little ring that lasted you forty-five minutes. You're gonna
1: say you use floss to make a ring. <laughs> no, <laughs>
0: um, but I've always loved rings, so it's a very cool experience to have now done this. And I still don't know exactly if I can continue to stay in my own lane long enough to make more. Like how many more pieces? It really requires managing my mind.
1: But it also manage requires you managing what's right for you, like why you're doing this. What what you're trying to bring about. Right. And if it's
0: not right for me to do it, Uh if it is just something that takes a lot of my time, a lot of my energy, like, is it really right for me then? Yeah.
1: I I think I was going kind of the other way. Um, You always go the other
0: way. And I always have a whole nother
1: music. Isaac. That's usually how (laughs) it works because, because I think the parallel was, you know, that was your story of the weekend or kind of what we were talking about in the car on the way home from the wedding. We had a two hour drive back home. And I had got to see a lot of family I haven't seen in years, meet some new friends that were my brother's friends um, that we hung out with, like all the groomsmen hung out together. And we were kind of just, I was kind of collecting the experience of the whole weekend. And I found myself going through the things, you know, all the people said they were doing in their lives. Some of my cousins, some friends, some Other, you know, the bride's family member. Anyways, everyone's sharing the stuff they're up to, like like everyone does when you get together.
0: Yeah, it's a good thing. It's It's a a good thing. thing, yeah.
1: But I found myself running those same stories in the background, like, wish I could do that.
0: And then I was immediately like, wish you could do what? Yeah,
1: exactly. And then I started thinking, like, man, it'd be cool to be able to do something like that, make those investments, build that house, make those changes. Like, that'd be cool if we could do that. And as I'm thinking, I'm like, but first of all, some of that stuff's not right for you because you don't really want to do that i mean you're seeking a feelings and secondly you can do that why haven't you done it like there's no reason why you couldn't do those things you just haven't taken the actions or put the focus forward to do those things Mm -hmm. so that's why i felt it was interesting that that question came to me is like well what's right for you because that's what you're really after you're not really after mimicking what someone else is doing or trying to do what they're doing you're after what's right for you and your parallel is the same it's um You're trying to find what's right for you. Yeah, you're making a piece of jewelry that someone else may have made something somewhat similar, but there's nothing similar to what you made because you created it out of nothing. But um, yeah, someone else is making that ring and making a ring similar to that, but but that's not the point. The point is what's right for you. What what does that generate for you when you do that thing?
0: I think that what comes to mind as, not only for this example, but even yours, Is that question, okay, but how do I know what's right for me? And Mm. we've touched on this in other shows. Like, how do I know what's right for me versus what was programmed into me as a child? Like, you need to get yourself a good job. Yeah. And you need to get yourself a good paying job. You have a story about that. Have you shared that on the air?
1: I mean, I'll gladly share it, but you got to tell me what story it is.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, you need to guess.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Get a good paying job.
0: Yeah. Yeah you know not an architect
1: but oh oh yeah no, that's that's an excellent actually that's an excellent story um when I was 13 maybe um my grandpa's best friend um was also his neighbor they built their homes together and uh, somehow it came up that I wanted to be an architect oh no I, I could always draw really well as a, as a child and my family members that, up. that's
0: also annoying for me by the way what i've already mentioned on the show that drawing does not come naturally to me and i feel like if i could just explain okay this is the ring i want this guy would sketch it out probably, and yeah it's if you saw my rings i would probably just tell you it's my daughter she's nine <laughs> just to slide it under the rug quickly of so anyway you anyways, naturally I,
1: I can naturally draw well as a child but i always need something to look at but anyways i, I could draw well and one of my uncles said you should be an architect so that kind of stuck with me and um, my grandpa's best friend somehow heard that heard me say that and he's like well I work for the state would you like to come meet some architects I'm like sure didn't know he's gonna pick me up at 4:30 in the morning <laughs> uh, as a 13 year old that was pretty early but he came pick me up really early drove me to this place you know I'm still asleep I think when in these architects are all on these big tables this is like kind of before people were using computers to draw there's still like draft tables and stuff. And they were showing me how they draw things. And basically the guy turned to me and was like, but tell you what, don't ever be an architect. Be an engineer. They make a lot more money. <laughs> and that day I'm like, okay, I'll be an engineer. Like I just pivoted that day.
0: Yeah. It was planted a seed. Mm-hmm. Now, was it a bad seed? Uh,
1: not a bad seed. Because, you know, that's the question I was getting ready to ask you was, can you make the wrong choice? Because you were starting to say like, well, what if I don't know what's right for me? mm mm-hmm. Can you really pick the wrong thing? Because I think it always leads back to what's right for me.
0: Right. The path is wide. You yeah, can't, fall off, you your can't path. fall off your path. But if you're going down that path and something doesn't feel right, I mm. think your internal guidance system that's giving you these nudges that doesn't feel right, mm. something doesn't quite feel right here, mm. I think that will continue. And sometimes those will get louder and louder, maybe like present themselves as physical symptoms. Yeah. I think that's a really unique bridge of the emotional body connecting to the physical body of mm-hmm. this is not your true self or your true path. Uh, I was listening to a really cool Abraham podcast, which did not even—I ha- don't know who we—we kind of get weird about that because we enjoy listening to the teachings of Abraham, but a lot of them are YouTube that people rip off from yeah. her. Sorry about that. <laughs> well, we just do our best to occasionally buy some of her stuff so that mm-hmm. their stuff it was this idea of how do I know if it's uh, fear? Like, is it an intuitive nudge or is it um, just being afraid? And they were saying that you'll know that it's not your true self if you feel very afraid, very tense, very uncomfortable in your body. That's just simply fear. If on the other hand, you're like, nope, it's time to go. I can't explain it. Here's where I'm waiting to turn. Mm-hmm. It's this very confident, very knowing energy of like, well, can't really explain it. That's happened to me a couple of times where I just do something and we laugh about it later because I couldn't really explain it, but that's exactly what I knew I needed to do. Mm -hmm. That was a cool difference between um, knowing the difference between that fear versus an intuitive nudge like if you're like this plane i'm so scared to be on this plane and you're just shivering and shaking that's fear that's not your intuition yeah. t- trying to like get you off the plane but if for some reason you just can't even explain it but you swoop up your bags and you walk and you're not afraid you just know mm-hmm. then maybe that's the thing to do <laughs> <laughs> so anyway you had the seed planted and i like to bring that up because so much could have changed so what if They said, you're going to love being an architect. Like, look how good you can draw. Look at my drawings. You can be just like me someday and you could design really cool things. Maybe the whole path would have spiraled differently. Who knows what could have happened? Doing what's right for you can be tricky, I guess, Mm -hmm. is what I'm saying. If you have a lot of signals and voices and things telling you what to do.
1: Yeah, that's funny. Like the... I can see how someone would take that and you do what's right for you. Like, well, I don't know what's right for me or what if I choose the wrong thing? I think it's the wrong way of looking at it. I think do what's right for you and you're like, well, this isn't it. Okay, cool. Find what is. Mm-hmm. Find the next thing. Do the next thing. Do the next thing. Do the next thing. Eventually, it will be like, man, this feels good.
0: Yeah, like, this feels right This for is me. right for
1: you or this is closer. This is kind of good, but it wasn't bad, but it's a little better.
0: And it is an overlap of what mm-hmm. I'm talking about with those the storytelling
1: And it also changes, evolves. Right, of course. What was right for me was to not be an architect and be an engineer at 14 or whatever age. Like that made sense at the time. It was like, yeah, I could see that. And then there's other choices I've made that I was like, this feels right. But those were the choices at the time, Mm -hmm. and those choices evolve over time.
0: But I was doing a big loop. I was doing a big loop here back. I was trying to
1: add your momentum, and I think I broke your momentum. (laughs)
0: just this idea of storytelling yes, and that even what we're talking about, like this being right for me, that's a story. It's like, yeah. I'm on the wrong path story. story. I'm on the right path story. It's more about how does the story feel? Because I don't feel mm-hmm. like you can always trust your thoughts because the mind is a stinker. A yeah. trickster. Like when you're talking
1: about the, the, the intuitive feeling, you're talking about the emotional. I feel like the this, emotional
0: body, yeah. like the physical uh, reaction or the, the emotional um, guidance is more to be trusted than our silly, yeah. goofy minds with 70,000 thoughts a day. So that's why I make it so light about telling this story or telling that story. I've used it before when I'm really frustrated with you. I can tell the story that you, you don't care or you don't try. Mm-hmm. And then I can easily flip it and say, he does care and he does try. And I'm like, yep, that's true too. Like mm. son of a buck.
1: still a loser. No,
0: <laughs> I'm just saying you can prove any thought yeah. to be true based on what evidence you're seeking for. So what's right for me, um, it's less about which thoughts come to your mind, but more of a feeling as you travel down this path to feel into it, to lean into the feeling in your body. I have a quick exercise you can try out to see how things feel physically. But first, I'm going to give a shout out to our sponsor this week, which is micromelatonin our newest lifted product. Here's what's cool about this product versus our other products, such as our four different mood formulated probiotics. They all have a unique blend of probiotics, some of them prebiotics. You can't find those exact formulas anywhere else in the world. However, melatonin you can find pretty much anywhere Mm -hmm. except for this dose was incredibly hard, if not impossible to find. And Our research led back to low is the way to go with melatonin. And that's where the idea of micro melatonin came in. It is a 100 microgram per capsule. Some people end up taking two to three per night, finding their perfect dose based on um, how they feel and what they need. 100 is a very nice intro dose to try it out and see how you feel. Getting lots of great feedback that it helps get to sleep without waking up groggy. So shout out to micro. Mel. We almost called it micro-mel. Mm-hmm. And you wanted to do that micro-symbol. Yep. And I was like, no.
1: It's an engineering thing in me. <laughs> <Yes>,
0: I <if> said, you <laughs> confuse, you lose. That's the marketing in me. It's
1: mu. If the I don't out know what that means. Of mu, or letter of mu. Micro. Okay. Micro.
0: Okay, so we're wrapping up the show with an exercise. If you're not exactly sure which way to go, what you want to do, this is a physical exercise that you can try out. So let's say you have two choices. You can pursue a passion project of a jewelry business, or you can completely forget about it, burn the notebooks and pretend it never happened. One's on the left, one's on the right. Imagine in front of you, the one on the left is a circle that you can step into. You're going to move your whole body into the circle of choice A, and you're going to see how it feels and you're going to live it and you're going to visualize it and you're going to experience it. And then you step back, And you go over to choice B. You step into that circle physically, imagine it, visualize, live your life in that way for one moment, see how it feels, go back to the starting position and just experience the love notes that your body has sent you to help you decide. Just a little practice to try on. Something fun that I've done multiple times, highly recommend it. All right. I think that's a wrap for this week's show. We did it, Tim. 20 minutes on your topic. And then some. Any other notes? I feel like we kind of wrapped up your architect engineer story quickly. Like, did I, did I cut it off? Or are we good? Did we fully?
1: Um, I, I'm sure that we wrapped it up fine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think just the, you know, the overall point was, you know, hearing these stories of, of this, um, this time with, with, with friends and family, and instead of letting that story run in the background of I wish I could have do that, or I should be doing that, or why haven't I started doing that, or wouldn't it wouldn't be great if I could do that, that that's a story, you know, and that's, a, in my opinion, a not a useful story, mm-hmm. because it's like, it's like I wish I was doing that, couldn't, instead I could just embody I want to do that. I could just say I, I wanna do all those things.
0: Or "I'm th- I'm grateful for this indicator, yeah. I appreciate this indicator of what I might enjoy to do next. Mm-hmm. Like just because it's not in your current reality doesn't yeah. mean you couldn't create it. So instead, everything is kind of back the idea of things are data rather than failure. It, it, it was
1: just a very light feeling. It wasn't like I was walking around just envious of yeah, everyone. Yeah, everyone in the room. Like I was so intrigued by their stories and what they were doing, and I haven't someone I hadn't seen in years. So it was great to hear their stories. Right. But I could just feel in the back of my head like that. I want little, to do that.
0: Was it? I want to do that.
1: It was. Uh, I may- want to do that. Maybe. As, yeah. As
0: like a nice light. Like I want to do that. I yeah. want to do that. But, but if it was, well, I wish I could do that. Yeah. So those are two stories, right? I want to mm-hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. I wish I could do that. The energy behind each of those two lines is very different. I think that's the other element that I kind of wanted to share from the whole idea of storytelling. But
1: even uh, having that conversation with you, some of it was I can do that. Right. Like there's no reason why I can't do that. I just haven't chose to do it yet.
0: Sometimes we get stuck in autopilot and sometimes yeah. in order to bust out of it, you buy a couple of heavy kettlebells. <laughs> I thought we should just go ahead and announce it here oh, on the show that we're about we to swing to some it. kettlebells.
1: Yeah. <laughs> maybe in our social, we can share some. Yeah, we or bought maybe, some on it kettlebells.
0: Maybe next week it'll be 10 things I learned from swinging a kettlebell.
1: <laughs> maybe I don't break my legs <laughs> or something or else. Something else. <laughs>
0: Okay, I don't know. For some reason, I just suddenly had this feeling that we didn't give your engineer architect story the full, I, I told yeah. the listeners, it was this amazing story. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and it just was like, when I was a kid, someone told me to do this and I did that.
0: But they told you, they, like, that's so, like, you're like, I want to be an architect. They're like, no, really, you should be an engineer. You're like, oh, okay. <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> well, I guess that's a good point because their justification was engineers make a lot more money. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure from that person's point of view, they're like, I'm over here working all this hard and I make this much and I know those engineers make twice I make and that mm-hmm. funny story of or line of everyone thinks the engineers make a whole bunch of money, mm-hmm. which maybe they do compared to other traits. But um, that was that guy's perspective was if, if I really want to do something and I'm young, I might as well do this. Mm-hmm. But I think what got us on that tangent was you're talking about the programming that we have in certain ages and that was some programming for me was you need to get a good job and make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Like that's important, you need to work hard and you need to figure out how to make a lot of money.
0: Right, so what's right for me? Mm-hmm. What if what's right for me is not a job that generally is known for making a lot of money?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I think you and I have found differently. I think the money part has nothing, there's not much of a link between your job, your social status, This it's more connected to the value you provide and, and um, how much like abundance that you want to attract. Mm-hmm. I think there's more connection to that than there is a, what your you know degree is or whatever. And
0: one other thing I'll add mm-hmm. to that is something really pivotal we learned from Tony Robbins' book, Money Master the Game, which is it's not what you do for a living, it's what you do with your money that you yeah. earn. And we read that book about seven years ago, and it really changed the way mm-hmm. we thought about money. And something he pointed out was that Most people that are scraping by living paycheck to paycheck are continually looking for more ways to make more money But the truly wealthy those who have really elevated to a level of abundance know that Just as much sometimes if not more effort or energy has to be put into what do I do with this money that I've made for sure wise sound investments are key to busting out of that paycheck to paycheck. And I think if you're listening to the Lifted Life podcast and you're not willing to entertain the idea that money is a tool, then you might be in the wrong place. (laughs) Because we would love to hear from you that you started to think about money differently, which allowed you so much more freedom and creativity to, to enjoy your path and to do more of what's right for you. Boom, that's how we end it. Thanks for listening, we'll see you next week.